welcome everyone to the river tonight. Good to have you here. And uh, just, uh, just exciting to be able to share God's word together and sing praises to the Lord. And uh, God, is, God is good. Let's sing together this as we begin this song that we sang last time. It says, Shout to the North. And uh, so which way is north again? That way, okay. So we will point that way. Jesus is Savior to our Lord of heaven and earth, right? So please stand as we begin tonight. Men. Oh, yeah, they're up there. So grab a shaker. If you've got them underneath you, just pass it to someone else that has a little more rhythm. Here we go. Men of faith, rise up and sing of the Thank you. 
together to praise you tonight. Our call to worship is from Psalm 115, and uh, let's join in that together. Not to us, Lord, not to us. But to your name be the glory, because of your love and faithfulness. All you Israelites, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the people of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. Small and great life. May the Lord cause you to flourish. Both you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord. But the earth he has given to mankind. It is not the dead who praise the Lord. Those who go down to the place of silence. It is we who extol the Lord. Both now and forevermore. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and glorify you for your great, great goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we can... Just uh, shout to the north and the south, all t to all the, the corners of the globe, <laughs> that, Lord, you are the Lord. And, but, Lord, we know, too, that even as the great, high, and exalted God, you came to live among us and to take our sins upon yourself. Thank you that you are man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Man of sorrows, man of God, by his own
so that we could be free and free indeed. Here's a song, I don't know if you know it, but lead me to the cross. Savior, I come, quiet my soul. Yeah. 
Our first scripture reading is found in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Is there someone who would be willing to, to read that for us tonight? Al? Oh, good. It's up there. Yeah, right up there. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into His grace, this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of the Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through your life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Thank you, Al. And then the Gospel reading. I'd invite you to stand up for the Gospel reading. You've been seated a, a long time already. The gospel reading is from Mark chapter 8, starting at verse 31. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned, and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Lord Jesus, this is your word. We pray that you would just open your word to us and may you speak to our hearts, speak to the very depth of our souls today and lead us, like we sang, lead us to the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated.
Well, it's great, great to have this time again tonight. And, and as we get started, you know, we all kind of keep drifting in and drifting in. And, and then we have a, a good, good crew here each time we gather. Do you like reading biographies? You know, about historical people. How many really like that as a, well, there's a couple here. Historical things, like, or maybe you just like to watch them on the History Channel or something like that. That's sometimes easier, isn't it? Celebrities, you like to hear about, read about the celebrities, people who are famous. Sports heroes, great hockey players or basketball or whatever it might be. Great Canadians. Sometimes it's just really amazing when we read, oh, they were a Canadian. And you wonder about that. And sometimes it's, it's really exciting to read about great Christians. People who loved Jesus and shared his love around the world. Now the danger in that, especially when it comes to reading the, the biography, the story of people who were Christian and were really well known, is that we start thinking, oh, if only I could do that. Or I could never be like them. This, this book is a big, thick. History books tend to big, be big and thick. <laughs> I don't know why, but they're big and thick. And this one is called Fox's Book of Martyrs. And a man named Fox, he and his family began putting together the stories and the history, the traditions even, of those who were Christians who died for their faith. Hence, it's called Martyrs. <laughs> it's about martyrs. And, you know, you read through this, and you can start going, wow, that's a powerful story. But a little bit later, you start thinking, well, I could never do that. I could never. If I was put at the, before a spear or a firing squad or whatever, chained and put into the fire, I could never do that. That's a danger. But... That's why I love to read the Bible. The stories in the Bible. You know, we read about Abraham. And we read Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Wow, he must have been an incredible man of faith. Well, you read a few more parts of Genesis and you find out Yes, he had a firm faith, but he also was a scoundrel. Got into trouble a few times. Or Peter, and we'll talk more about Peter. But when we read about Peter in the lesson this, this evening, Peter jumped in. He was one who would, was quick to talk, quick to say what he thought. And you know what happened? Jesus looked at him and said, Get behind me, Satan. Because he became this, putting it into words, what Satan was trying to tempt Jesus with. So Peter, he was so enthusiastic, but he was so quick to say too much. Well, the exciting thing is that Jesus, the Son of God, came into a real world and brought a message that fits or that sets us free in this real world. And we call that message the way of salvation, the way to be saved. 
Or we could call it the way of the cross, like we see before me. So let's look at a four distinct things that Jesus um, talked about here. Jesus set before them God's great plan. God's great plan. He began to teach them. Now, if you think of it, remember, if you only had the book of Mark, and it was before you, and that was the only thing you'd ever read in the Bible, you read it, and it says, he began to teach them. Well, you start to understand, this was all new to them. They had not heard Jesus talk about that before. And things that were prophesied, that were spoken in the Old Testament, they weren't making sense to them yet. So he began to teach them, and it was all new to them. First, that he had to suffer. What? To, be, to suffer and then be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law? That Jesus had to be rejected? And to suffer, that's not what we expected. As they um, had heard about a coming Savior, a coming Messiah, they had heard he was going to be a great leader who was going to do away with the Romans to the other armies that would surround them, and he would be exalted and they would worship him. And he would be able to do anything for them that they wished. But he's saying... He would be suffering, he would be rejected, and then he said he would be killed. What? No, Jesus, we'd left everything to follow you, and now you say you're going to be killed? What is that about? But he gave them a hint of good news. After three days, he would rise again. And then he, it says, he said this, Plainly. He said it to them clearly. Hmm, but they still, I'm sure, wondered and wondered. Because as we read through Mark, and it probably will come up other times before Easter, he had to tell them what was going to happen almost in the very same words again and again. He said this plainly. That's God's great plan, and it was put before them. But it stirred within Peter. No, this isn't right. Peter was always so quick to speak and think that he had to be right. And he jumped up in front and he said, No, Lord. He rebuked him. You know, he went, No, Lord. You know, wag, wagged his finger. I don't know what the correct word, waggle, waggle your finger, at him. And Jesus right there said, Get behind me, Satan. One person who wrote about this said, when we argue with God's word, we are open to Satan's lies. When we argue with God's word, we are open to Satan's lies. And Peter was arguing with Jesus, the living word, and he was open to be deceived. Jesus turned and saw his disciples, and then he saw the crowd there, and it says, he began to speak, and he turned to Peter and he spoke. This was a teachable moment, a decisive time. What do they need to hear at this moment? 
And Jesus said then to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man, the things that are humanly understandable. Hmm. The devil, he's the tempter. And his scheme as the tempter is to get us to do things that are understandable only through human wisdom or human strength. But God's plan was so different. It turned everything upside down. He wasn't exalting a king. This king was to die. This one they had waited for would soon be put to death. Jesus, he came into this world. God come in the flesh. We talked about that around Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. And God came to get his hands dirty. Not to be a God who was far off, but to one who came near. He came near to us and gave his life for us. Someone has said that we call this the theology of the cross, that it's not about the theology of glory. Let me explain those two. Glory would be receiving glory without suffering. Lord, if I keep these commands, then I expect you to bless me. If I do these things, you're going to take care of all the rest. Well, in some ways, that's, that happens, but there's a difference. There's the theology of the cross, where it's who acts first. Is it I do something and God repays me, or is it God who worked first? God who came to us first and turned everything upside down to what was expected. Because God does this, then I respond out of love because he first loved me. Oh, it's, it's an exciting thing to think that God loved me so much. God loved you so much that he took the first step coming to us that we would be saved. And then we respond. Then there's that positive response. Then we live out our lives in love and service and mercy and grace to others. So we could say that number three up there, to be a disciple of Jesus is to have this way of the cross in me. And how did Jesus describe it? He put it this way. If anyone would come after me, anyone want to be my disciple, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Can we say that? Deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. What is it to deny oneself? It's to surrender to his will. Really to lose ourselves in the purposes of God, to lose ourselves in this relationship with God. Oh, it's, it's, it's fun when we do some marriage preparation for different ones and these young couples. And you know, did we tell you that they're going to have a baby? 
And so, yes, coming up later on this summer. But yes, but it's fun to see, you know, as, as we're talking about different things and, and then they just look into each other's eyes and it's talking about getting lost. <laughs> you kind of get lost in a, another world, as it might be. Lost, losing ourselves in this relationship. And we can lose ourselves in this relationship with God where we discover his great love, his mercy, his awesomeness. We look at the stars, the, and you've been looking at some of the, the pictures about the um, northern lights lately. I don't know if you've been seeing some, but there's been some outstanding, especially from northern countries up at Greenland or Norway or places like that, just unbelievable, and northern Canada as well. Amazing stuff. God is a God who is amazing. And so we deny ourselves. We just let go and let God be God. Then we take up our cross. We take up our cross. We, we allow or we engage with what God is calling us to do. These things that we face for belonging and believing in Jesus. We, we connect with him. We identify with him. And we give ourselves to his will and his purpose. And then we follow him in obedience, one step at a time, one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. Have you ever heard of people who have, have been in a bad accident and they've had to learn how to walk again? My, my pastor, when I was growing up, he had had a serious illness, and I don't remember what it was, but he had a serious illness and he had to learn how to talk and a lot of things, but he also had to learn to walk again. Put one foot in front of the other. As we follow Jesus, he teaches us by his spirit, and we walk one step in front. What does it mean to love my neighbor? What does it mean to care for my brother? What does it mean to guard my heart? All of those things. He says, Whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever would lose his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. It's about, you know, I always think of it as whoever would save his life is just kind of like, I'm going to hide in the closet. I'm going to hide in the, the back room and nobody, when they come into my house, they're not going to find me. But no, God is calling us to step into the open, to step out and be counted as his children, as his people. He goes on, and finally, there's the cost of a soul. You know, he's got, had a great plan. It's not the things of man, it's the things of God. And it can be applied to my heart as we get lost in him. But there's a hard word, a very difficult teaching now. It's about being ashamed of him. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this generation, this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed. You know, and we could think about this and think, oh, do I need to, I need to really 
live out my life well so that God will be pleased with me. I need to be performing well. No, it's not about performing. Jesus did all of that at the cross. He took care of all those things to demands. But we get to say thank you through our lives lived out. It's still a hard word because we don't want to do anything that would cost him grief. But you know what? As I was reading this, I read, I kept reading a little bit further. And you know, you read further and you find out that Jesus, though his disciples might have been confused by his words, they might have been terrified at what happens if we blow it, if we do the wrong thing. It follows in chapter 9 of Mark. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up a mountain with him. And when he was up the mountain, he became dazzling white. His glory was so evident. You could see his glory. And there on the mountain, they heard a voice from heaven say, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And then... When they opened their eyes, they saw no one there but Jesus only. Jesus only. There in that place, they could see Jesus was all they needed. That Jesus, to listen to him was all that they would need. They saw Jesus, we say, transfigured, changed into dazzling white. Moses and Elijah were talking with him. But there, when all was gone, there was Jesus only. I just have to say to you and then say it to me too. When all seems lost, when things are so difficult, and Jesus called to me to follow him is more than I can bear. The place we need to be is at Jesus' feet. We might say at the foot of the cross. And all we looked into is the face of Jesus only. His word, his forgiveness, his strength, his love alone is what sets us free. His love alone and his grace, his word, that's what we need in those difficult times. If we say, what's the cost of a soul? Jesus gave his life for every soul that would live on this earth. But only so many would receive it. Only so many would re respond and say, Oh, Jesus, I receive it. I, like it's been said, faith is but the hand that receives the good gift of God. So wherever you are, and when you want to follow Jesus, you want to serve Jesus, allow him. Allow him to take you to the cross. Jesus, we thank you today that we can be saved, washed clean, forgiven, made yours and yours alone, through the blood of Jesus that was shed at the cross. Thank you, 
Jesus, that the way of the cross can be applied to my life. Lord, come as Holy Spirit and work within my heart to say no to things that would tempt me and, and want to drag me away, to say no to my own lust after things. And Lord, draw me, draw each one of us to, to know you and you alone. That in the middle of all that's around us, we see Jesus only and discover that's all that we need. Jesus, the Savior, the one who will return as Lord and King. What a wonderful God you are. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen. Together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Receive God's benediction, his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to sing, Lead Me to the Cross, just, just a verse and a chorus um, as we wrap that up today. A song that we, we were learning and, uh, and becoming familiar with at this time of the year. Savior, I come, my soul, tonight.